You're listening to On The Line, the interview podcast from entertainment.ie. Hi there, it's Fiona Flynn here from entertainment.ie and for this On The Line podcast I got to chat to Mark Gatiss who is of course um, part of the amazing comedy troupe The League of Gentlemen um, but of course he's known for many other things in The League of Gentlemen. Mark Gatiss also co-wrote um, Sherlock along with Steve Moffat. He is a big writer, has been a big writer on the Doctor Who series. He's appeared on countless TV shows and movies over the years, including um, the upcoming Christopher Robin with Ewan McGregor. He's also um, been in Game of Thrones briefly. He is a very familiar face to Manny and a fantastic character actor and also a very talented writer. Um, he is... Um, in Dublin in a couple of weeks with the League of Gentlemen guys and they're going to be performing a live show in the Three Arena which is the main reason I got to talk to them um, they're rehearsing at the moment so hence why it was over the phone um, it was a lovely chat I wish I had longer with them we kind of just touched on things um, also with the telephone conversation on Skype there was a little bit of a delay so apologies for that um, the main thing though that we got to talk about is of course um, what made them bring the League of Gentlemen back again which kind of brought us down uh, the avenue of talking about Brexit the kind of state of things at the moment and comedy's place in that kind of um, uh, political environment in Britain at the moment um, it's something I would have just it would have been so lovely to just sit and shoot the breeze with over a pint and really get it stuck into things but unfortunately I only had a short amount of time with them so we kind of had to gloss over these really important um, political points he was making so that we could talk more about the League of Gentlemen and other projects that he's got going on so apologies for that because I'm sure some of you listening will think why didn't we get into that further it was for time constraints um, but again he was great to talk to um He's very interesting, very smart, very funny man. And um, yeah, I really cannot wait to see the League of Gentlemen live now. So um, yeah, I this is Mark. Enjoy. Hi, Mark. How are you? Very good. You? I'm good. I'm good. Good. It's great to talk to you. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but we'll stay focused on League of Gentlemen. Um, how are the rehearsals yeah. going? Good. Well, we're doing the tech rehearsals at the moment in a huge facility out in Perfleet. Uh, and tech rehearsals are always the the bit where it feels impossible. Uh, and it's, that's how it feels at the moment. We've just run the second half and backstage was like a, it's a technical term, a goat fuck. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was so chaotic and everybody's falling all over each other. We, we can't see in the dark and everyone, but it's, it's always the way and then about a week into the tour you're standing there fully dressed in plenty of time thinking how did it ever take that long you know but it's a process you always have to go through so that's where we are at the moment but it's going very well we're having a great time it's just it just feels slightly impossible to do it <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll get there and um, Mark it's been um, 12 years since you guys did live shows together so what made you want to bring it back now blackmail blackmail <laughs> well we you know we we um we decided to do uh, our specials last year. Well, we, a couple of years ago, we decided mm. we'd like to do something again. We never, we never, we didn't split up acrimoniously. We just, we just moved on to other stuff. So, it, we, we've talked for a long time. Every time we've seen each other, really, of doing something else. But there's something nice about leaving it a, a long, a good long time. It means people get nostalgic for things, but also it means you've got somewhere to go. So, we just. When we wrote the specials, we just sort of set out with the question, what's happened to everyone? You know, what's happened to Paulie and what's happened to 
uh, Mickey, Chinnery, uh, every most most of the characters, like you know, twelve or fifteen years on, fifteen years since the series, the third series, <clears throat> and um, and that was a very interesting place to be. And then at the same time, we because we all, we started as a live act, and we've always enjoyed doing the tours. We said let's let's do some dates as well as a sort of package. I, I think originally we. We thought that the specials and the tour might be sort of around the same time, but you know these things never quite work out. So, uh, so that's why we are doing it. And it's well, se- genuinely just for fun. We're not. We're not doing it. We 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 we, we haven't got um, extensions to pay for or anything. We <laughs> we just want to do it for fun. <laughs> Which is the best reason, really. Mm. And it seems more than ever watching League of Gentlemen. It seems sort of more relevant, I suppose, today. I mean, I guess the whole even the idea of everything being so local is sort of kind of reflective of um, a post-Brexit Britain, would you say? Have you incorporated that more into the yes, live absolutely. shows? I, I mean, we, we never strove for relevance. We just <laughs> did what we thought was funny. What I think is is slightly uncanny is how much uh, the, the local local shop for local people has become our, our country. And said, you know, Edward's resemblance to Michael Gove is uncanny. Uh, it's a sort of... <laughs> chilling prophecy of where we are i mean and it's not really post-brexit because we're not even there yet it's it's the it's the utter utter shit show that we're in at the moment um and and i don't i don't know what post-brexit britain would look like except maybe that film the road is probably quite (laughs) (laughs) i read somewhere mark that you were considering um looking into an irish passport um around brexit yes yes yeah, that could that could be well, an as you, as you may know, I, I'm the king of Ireland. Oh yes, from indeed. Who you think you are? So that's <laughs> I'm just I'm basically waiting for it in the same parcel as the crown. <laughs> and I don't really know what's taking so long. No, but seriously, I I I want to remain an EU citizen, and uh, I love Ireland, and I'd be very happy to be have dual citizenship and uh, come a become a citizen of Ireland because it's. This country makes me utterly despair now, and I, I don't care who knows it. I think it's 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 time for people to stand up and say something. It's it's just a ridiculous confidence trick being played on 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 gullible people by by the genuine elite, not the elite that are being um, portrayed as some sort of political establishment. It's, it's the people who who will gain enormous amounts of money from essentially um, asset stripping Britain. Anyway, we should be talking about the League of Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting too. But where, Mark, um, in your perspective then, where does comedy kind of sit in Britain now in terms of, you know, satire and even just in terms of your own work? I mean, do you feel it still has a it's place a as a commentary? I mean, we, we, we've never, we're, not a, we're not a satirical show. I mean, there are elements of it. And actually, when we did the specials, we were just very aware that you could have some fun with the Brexit parallels, and Edward actually says "take back control" and all. That. But it's it's we're not a you know it's not a satirical show. Mm. In that way. It's it's, a, it's just what 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 makes us laugh. But I think that satire itself is in a very strange place because um, it's partly contributed to where we are by by making sort of a cuddly a cuddly sacred monster out of people like Jacob Rees-Mogg and Boris Johnson. Um, rather than actually showing them what they are, which is crypto fascists and, and very scary people, they're sort of made into cuddly 
I, I think that what really frightens me is that people apply the same logic to politics as they do to snooker players. They they like the characters. They go, oh, I like the one. I like the one with the funny glasses, um, etc. That's Dennis Taylor, incidentally, who my great uncle delivered into this world. Oh yeah, that's our, our great. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was our great. That was our great Irish um, heritage when I was a boy. That was. But uh, <laughs> my uncle Patsy, yeah. uh, who was a doctor in Garva, I think, uh, delivered um, Dennis Taylor into the world with his glasses on. With the glasses anyway, on. I digress. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. So I think satire is in a very strange place because because you can only really satirize things when the world is normal. You you can take the piss out of, of a Tory administration or a Labour administration when government is normal, but it's not normal. Nothing's normal at the moment. So I feel like, you know, Alec Baldwin as Trump or whoever. It's it's like people are laughing up their sleeves. It's it feels toothless because there's nothing to. There's nothing to actually take the piss out of because the normal rules have been so suspended. It's frightening. And with the new live shows then, are you are you incorporating any of that kind of frustration into any of the characters or in, in what their storylines are or in what they're no, saying? No, no, no. As I say, it's not about that. It's, 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 uh, we're, just, we're just doing the funniest stuff we think we've got. And, and you know, it's a nice combination of old and new and old characters in different situations and stuff like that. But we're not, we're not a satirical show. As I say, yeah. it's just... It came. It came out of that thing of of, uh, of the local shop feeling like it was a sort of premonition of where, where we've got where we've got to actually. And in terms of, I suppose, even the kind of tone of League of Gentlemen, it is quite dark. And you know, I suppose nowadays it's a much more sensitive world we're living in, particularly in terms of maybe what people can tolerate comedy-wise. Have you found yourself reining League of Gentlemen in a bit, or are you just like, this is how it is, put up with it? We've always been very conscious, you wouldn't believe it, but we've always been very conscious of, of where the line is for ourselves, you know. And the, the thing that's always made the show work, I think, is the mixture of, of things. There's a lot of there's a lot of broad, cartoonish stuff, so the exploding and scatological stuff. There's a lot of real melancholy and, and sort of sadness and that sort of stuff we always admired from, influenced by Alan Bennett and, Mike Lee and people we like that sort of horror of embarrassment and then there's a sort of gothic element to it so it's a combination of stuff and we've always felt like we knew where it was and I think we, that's what we still try to do you, you have to be aware of how the world has changed around you but equally you've got to be aware that people don't have the right not to be offended you know it's it someone will take offense at, at something whatever it is they always will and you you can't self-edit in order to account for all that otherwise you've written a committee show and it's not funny and the thing that's always made our show work is it's what we find funny and you know we we didn't see a gap in the market under comedy horror and think we'll do that we we've just done the stuff always that we we like and find funny so it's 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 a balancing act you have to be aware of of how things have changed but equally you have to be true to the characters and also yourself and think well what what do i want what do i want to see and what do i want to find funny and mark you have so many great characters on the show but is there one that you just absolutely love playing or even don't like playing or you find the you know makeup too heavy uh, but who's your who's your favorite character to really get into i uh, probably it's it'd be les mcqueen i think oh, yes. or or mickey uh, i love being mickey and actually um once i got the teeth and the mullet on <laughs> i feel strangely comfortable <laughs> <laughs> Both great and Les is just such a tragic character, I suppose, compared to so many. Well, they're all kind of tragic in their own way, but 
we gave him a happy ending this time. He, he got his record deal in Hertz Slovakia, so he's finally living, done all right. Living the dream, living the dream. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then for you guys as well, is it great to be back together? Is it? Do you feel like the old dynamic just automatically comes back in, or how are you finding it um, being so totally it, back it together? It honestly did. I mean, when we, when we got together to start to shoot the special, in fact, to write the specials, but particularly to shoot them, it was honestly like we'd never stopped. It was... It was it was it's it's lovely it's like any great friendship i think you pick up where you left off almost like you've just finished the conversation really and we have a we have a real shorthand working together based on years of working together so it's it's um it's a lovely thing that and and you, you know you it is a bit like time travel you sort of think i mean we were just looking at each other reese was uh we were doing the dentons yesterday and reese was hadn't shaved for three days and he studied at a dressing gown we're both we're all three of us in the uh, in the Denton's front room with that green wallpaper again. I said, "Did you ever think you'd be still in that dressing gown twenty twenty five years later?" <laughs> but there we are. Um, and Mark, yourself, I mean, there's again, there's you've such an amazing career. Um, I do have to ask you a quick question about Sherlock. I'm sure you get it all the time, but I know you're focused on the Dracula series at the moment, but is there any hope? Are you not ruling out Sherlock season five? Or are you still putting it down? No, the pipeline? no, we're certainly not ruling out, but, but you know, it's every, we're, we're shooting Dracula next year. Um, I mean, that that's a two or three year process to make that, to get that from script to screen. And even if even if we then started planning a Sherlock season five, then that would be another two years. So it's a, it's a way off, uh, even if we were to do that. And and, and also, and going back to what I said before about resting things and giving people time to miss them, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And um, it was it was very 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 difficult to schedule the fourth series in terms of Benedict and Martin's availability and and our availability, and everyone's availability. You know, so. It's not easy, and uh, it's not a lack of will. It's just about sort of practicality. Uh, we certainly haven't ruled it out, but I think it would be nice to to leave them and then come back and you know see what's happened to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very excited personally about this new Dracula TV series. Is there anything that you can tell me oh, about good. it at all? Dare I ask? It's about a vampire. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> But it's also, you remember, a great Irish story because of... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Because of its wonderful author, so that's worth celebrating. Yeah, and would there be any intention to maybe bring any filming of it over here, or have you got that far in the process yet? Uh, not at the moment. We haven't got that far. I mean, we'll be, you know, there will be uh, a foreign element for, for Transylvania, I think, but um, we don't know where yet. It, 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 as usual, these things, again, they come down to, to practicalities. You know, you end up, you have all kinds of ideas, and then you end up shooting it... Um, in the place that has a has the largest tank or the uh, or the best woods or you know or, or the cheapest tax break. <laughs> and um, I know you haven't written any upcoming. Well, I read that you haven't written any upcoming episodes for the new Doctor Who. But as a long term fan, mm. um, are you excited to see Jodie Whittaker take on? Oh role? gosh, I'm so I'm more excited because I have no idea what's happening. Nothing, and that's the first time since the show came back where I haven't had a clue about. It. I don't I don't know anything. I don't know who's written it i don't know who else is in it i don't know the sort of stories or you know i i, I mean i tried to stay as far away as possible even from rumors and things so it's all completely new i'm so excited uh, it's in brilliant hands and and i think jody will be absolutely wonderful and uh 
it's it's just I love I just love the unknownness of it, you know. Every and the new logo came out, and there's obviously be new theme music and new Tardis and and new companions and all that. It's just it's I love that. It's that's what I've always loved about the show is that when it reinvents itself, you get you get all those treats all over again. And I must ask you final question. My partner is a huge fan of your horror documentaries, so I have to ask oh, yeah. if you've any more down the line um, or coming up. No, I don't. I've got a documentary coming out. It's August now, isn't it? Yes, uh, I think on the 13th of this month on BBC Four about my favourite painter, John Minton, um, which is which I'm very pleased with. But uh, no, I'd love... There's another horror I'd like to do, which is about Asia, um, which is really the rest of the story, I think. But it's it's it was always deemed too expensive and it's never happened. But I, I wouldn't... I'd be very happy to do that, actually. Or, in fact, a sort of rest-of-the-world horror documentary because then I'd have done everything and that, that does intrigue me the way that um, some cultures don't really have horror films they don't have a tradition of it and I find that very interesting that why it's very big in Spain and Italy and uh, and America and Britain and is not big in um, Norway and Russia and you know it's very interesting that there is a rush there's a Norwegian horror film about a were elk and I think that's kind of it they don't do horror films isn't that strange and and, and never have you know so I think that's worth exploring absolutely and you've got to fulfill I guess so many of I mean I, I suppose you're I'm assuming your ambitions today but I know you were a huge fan of Doctor Who and you you know you brought Sherlock to, um, to life but is there anything now that's kind of still on the list that you're like do you know what I'm gonna bring my own take to this show or this book is there anything that's sort of um, on there's your couple, yeah, wish there list. Lots, there are lots of parts. I, I, I'm obsessed with playing Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol. Really? It's still not happened. I, I mention it in every interview and it's still not happened. Um, <laughs> we'll make sure someone Christmas gives you a call. <laughs> we'll make it work. And there's, I'd, like to do, I'd like to direct more things. Uh, I directed A Christmas Ghost Story a few years ago and I'd love to do some of those. And, uh, but nothing, I mean, there's no huge burning desire to play King Lee. But there's a lot of stuff I'd like to do, definitely. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to seeing it all, Mark. It was absolutely lovely to talk to you. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark.